Greetings, 12s and Raider Nation. It's time for a Thanksgiving edition of Crossover Thursday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Corbett Smith, host for Locked On Seahawks. Joining me for today's crossover, your boy Q with Locked On Raiders. Old AFC West rivals meeting up at Lumen Field on Sunday. Seahawks coming off a bye week, hoping to get back to their winning ways, while the Raiders, they actually got to their winning ways, a big overtime win over Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos this past weekend. Looking forward to breaking down that matchup. And this Crossover Thursday episode is presented by our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is so much fun. It's easy to play. No competing with other players. Just you versus the projections available. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. It can literally take less than 60 seconds to enter. It's that easy. We love Prize Picks, and we know you will too. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code Locked On. That's PrizePicks.com promo code Locked On. So we got this big matchup coming up at Lumen Field on Sunday. The Raiders at three and seven. They haven't been mathematically eliminated. In fact, there might be a chance that a team that started off slow can maybe make a second half run to a playoff spot in the AFC West. The Raiders are hoping they can get hot in the second half. The Seahawks coming off their bye week. I know it's been a struggle for Las Vegas this season. There were such high expectations for this team, for them to come out and win just three of their first 10 games. It's been very disappointing, and yet there seems to be a little bit of a change of vibe after getting that overtime win over the Broncos last weekend. Yeah, no, there is, and it's been a really weird season. There was a lot of high expectations, as you mentioned, going into the season. Uh, There's a lot of high expectations for the whole AFC West, right? The whole division is going to be the toughest division in football, and it hasn't been that. The Chiefs are the usual suspects. The Chargers have been okay, and the Denver Broncos and the Raiders have not been good. You know, both teams have three wins, and so uh, the biggest question for the Raiders is, like, what's gone wrong? Why, when you have Devontae Adams, when you have Darren Waller, when you have Hunter Renfro, Why hasn't things gone better? Max Crosby defensively, Chandler Jones. Well, you know, there's a lot of answers to that. Some guys haven't shown up like a Chandler Jones. Some guys aren't available like Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro, and it just hasn't seemed to click yet. Uh, I still think that there's a lot of high expectations for this team moving forward. It's just not right now. Just don't really know what to expect from this team moving forward. I feel like every week is kind of like a game-by-game situation. You just want to see what they're going to do. Getting that win against Denver in overtime, I think, was a big deal. But how do you build on that, right? How do you take that that same vibe that you had, that good feeling that you had? How do you take it to Seattle and and a very tough place to play uh, with a team that's very good, a team that's got a quarterback that no one expected to be this good. At least I know nobody on our end expected it to be, him to be this good in Geno Smith. And then you know Pete Carroll on the defense and even the run game doing well. It's it's it's. It's going to be a hell of a matchup on Sunday. I'm excited to see it. But I think that as far as just like kind of the biggest storylines when it comes to the Raiders, it's just been, you know, where did it go wrong and why did it go wrong? Especially with a guy like Josh McDaniels as the head coach, who's a very well-known offensive-minded guy. And you thought that he was going to get the most out of the playmakers and just hasn't been able to do it as of yet. Is it coming? Who knows? We'll see what it looks like come Sunday. Yeah, consistency from my observations has been the biggest issue for this football team. And and I'll admit it, I had the Raiders going to the Super Bowl. That was my preseason pick. I've been 
way on on a lot of my picks, but that was the one that is way out of left field. I mean, even the Seahawks, I thought were going to be better than a lot of people. Not as good as they have been, right. uh, but the Raiders, that was my biggest miss so far this year. I really <laughs> was high on this football team, and it just has not panned out. And maybe the second half of the season, they can finish strong and maybe get themselves back into that discussion if they get on a long winning streak. The Seahawks are going to be hoping not to allow that to be the case, though, and they're coming up there by, I think, the biggest storyline with this football team. When you have a lot of rookies that are playing significant snaps, really from week one, are those players going to be able to continue playing at a high level and avoid the rookie wall? Sometimes rookies are able to get through the full first season. They're just fine. And then sometimes guys get to that 13, 14th game, which is the max they usually play in college, and mm-hmm. the wheels start to fall off a little bit. They did get their bye week in week 11, and I think that helps having a later bye week like that. And Pete Carroll doesn't seem like he's – overly concerned about this being an issue but Charles Cross and Abraham Lucas your two starting tackles both rookies they've been starters since week one of the season third time that's happened for a team since 1970 the merger it doesn't happen very often they both are approaching the number of snaps they had last year in their final season in college Tariq Woolen, their starting right cornerback, he's already vastly exceeded his career high for snaps in the season. This is only the third year he's played cornerback, but he never played over right. 600 snaps in college on defense. This is the first time that he's done it. Ken Walker III is going to be getting to 200 carries not too long from now. He has been a workhorse, but yet he doesn't have the carry numbers in college, at least until his last year at Michigan State. I can keep going. The rookies have gotten a lot of run yeah. for the Seahawks. And they've been very successful. It's been a big part of the reason this team is 6-4 and four and they're fighting for an NFC West championship that nobody saw coming except maybe Pete Carroll and company themselves. But can those rookies continue to play at a high level? And are some of the veterans that haven't played as well as expected, like Daryl Taylor, are those guys going to be able to pick up some of the slack if the rookies do take a little bit of a step back because they do get a little bit fatigued at the end of the season. It's a long season of the NFL, especially now with the additional game on there. Are the rookies going to hold up? And I think at least for these first few games out of the bye, they should be okay because they should be fresh. But I think long-term, that is going to be something that is interesting to look at with how many rookies and young players the Seahawks are counting on to make a big impact for them. You know, I wanted to ask you about Tariq Woolen in particular. I, I, I watched him a lot uh, when I was in Texas, and, of course, he went to UTSA. And I know that, or at least I thought going into the draft, he was going to be a project, but he was very athletic. He's long, he's fast, and I'm thinking, okay, he's going to be a really good DB. He was actually someone going into the draft. I was hoping the Raiders were going to have an opportunity to grab, and, well, the Seahawks were smart, and they went and got him, and they went and got Kobe Bryant, another guy I was a big fan of coming out of Cincinnati. How shocked or surprised are you that especially Tariq Woolen was able to adapt to the NFL game as quickly as he has? You know, I was surprised by it, but being one of the reporters that has been covering this team since the start of OTAs, I mean, I got to see him at rookie minicamp and you could immediately see just the freak athlete that he is. And sometimes those freak athletes, it doesn't translate to being good football players, but you could just see it. There was a couple plays and Pete Carroll pointed these out after one of their practices in that rookie minicamp, but actually one of their OTA practices, uh, Marquise Goodwin, who's still a burner, can still yeah. run probably in the low four threes. And there were back-to-back plays running vertical routes in an OTA practice indoors that Woolen was just draped all over him. It didn't even look like he was running hard and he was running stride for stride with right. Marquise Goodwin. And that really opened Pete Carroll's eyes. Like th- this guy might be able to play quicker than we thought. And then training camp, he started off with a dominant 
first week of camp once the pads came on, kept playing well, and he ended up just outright winning that job. So he's he's vastly exceeded expectations. I didn't think he'd have five interceptions his first 10 games. But um, he's been a better tackler than I anticipated. The the kid has just really taken everything that this – coaching staff has done with him so far and the thing is he's still very raw and so if he actually figures this out a little bit more it's scary to think what his ceiling looks like because he already looks like a borderline all pro caliber player that's how good he's been this season and and I know the Raiders even with their struggles they've certainly had a few guys that have been playing to that level too and it just again it surprised me they only have three victories this season because of that Right. Well, believe me, it surprised uh, everyone here in Las Vegas and all the Raider Nation as well. Like, wait a minute, what's going on? You got all these weapons <laughs> and you can't figure out how to get it done. And, you know, I think that win against Denver was a big one, though, just to find a way to win the one score games. They were 0 and 6 leading into that Denver game in one score games, where as a year ago, they were 7 and 2. So that's it right there, right? If you find out how to win the close games, you can win a lot of games in the NFL. And you, as you know, man, there's like a bunch of teams that are all clumped together with five and six wins. And there's what the Chiefs have a, you know, a really good record. The Vikings had a really good record. And then also the Cowboys beat the brakes off them. So there's so many teams that are just good and kind of clumped together. And then there's a couple of elite teams. And that's really it. The Raiders haven't found out a way to be a good team yet. So they're still trying to climb up and try to figure their way out. But they're in third place now. And, uh, you know, they're looking at the Chargers and saying, you know what? The Chargers only have five wins and the Raiders play them in a couple weeks, maybe they can catch them. That's got to be the goal right now for the Silver and Black is just catching that second-place team. And then if they can do that, well, all bets are off. See what happens after that. But you got to have little small goals. Take baby steps. You got to walk before you can run, and that's what the Raiders are trying to do right now. Took the words from a mouth. Baby steps for the Raiders. They're hoping that first baby step was last week, and they can take another one this week. Meanwhile, the Seahawks are hoping to put up the baby gate and stop them in (laughs) room and field. We're going to get to the matchups, a few key matchups to watch in this game coming up next on our Thanksgiving edition crossover Thursday episode. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Life can be full of challenges. Recently, our family has undergone significant strife with family members dealing with debilitating health issues. It's been a struggle for me coping with it mentally. Life can be full of ups and downs, so it's important to show yourself through it all, and sometimes you can't do it alone. BetterHelp Online Therapy will assess your needs and can match you with your own licensed professional therapist in less than 48 hours. Therapy worked wonders for me, but don't just take my word for it. Having someone in your corner to guide you when you're struggling to navigate obstacles can be invaluable. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online and available to people worldwide. With therapy, it can take a few tries to find the right fit for you. And BetterHelp is a great way to invest in yourself. They have a special offer for our listeners. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash on. That's 10% off your first month of online therapy at BetterHelp.com slash on. You're listening to our Thanksgiving edition crossover Thursday show here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Corbett Smith for Locked On Seahawks. Joining me for this crossover, your boy Q, Locked On Raiders. We've got a big matchup, former AFC West rivals getting ready to duke it out at Lumen Field on Sunday. The Raiders with a little bit of momentum after beating the Broncos in overtime. The Seahawks well-rested after their bye week in Week 11. Q, let's get to some matchups here from the Raiders' perspective going into this game. Let's start with the Raiders on the offensive side of the football. What is a matchup that you're looking at either that you think is advantageous 
for Las Vegas, or maybe you're concerned a little about looking at Seattle's defense? Well, I'll tell you right now, I'm just excited about this matchup. And we talked a little bit about it in segment number one, not the matchup, but the player. And that's Tariq Woolen, that's Kobe Bryant, and that's Devontae Adams, right? I mean, we know Devontae Adams is one of the best wide receivers in the league. We see what he's been able to do. 925 yards on the season for the Raiders and 10 touchdowns. So he's having a really good season his first year in the silver and black. I want to see how he matches up with the young dudes, right? How he matches up with Tariq Woolen, who has five interceptions on the season. You know, he's been fantastic. Kobe Bryant coming out of Cincinnati. You know, Michael Jackson. I just, I want to see how he matches up with that secondary and how the secondary of the Seattle Seahawks goes about defending him, right? I mean, because he is a great route runner. He is a guy that finds a way to get wide open. And Corbin, when I say wide open, I mean wide open. Like some Parting of the sea is wide open. Yeah, like it's incredible. I always look and say, how in the hell did he get so wide open? But it's his route running. The thing about it is, I know this for a fact when it comes to Tariq Woolen, he's so fast that even if he gets beat on a great route, he has an opportunity to catch up, right? He has that makeup speed where he can catch up. So I want to see the chess match and see how those guys all match up, how they go about defending uh, De- Devontae Adams, right? The first time Pat Sertan went up against him, uh, he did a really good job. I, I feel like Pat won a, a few reps. Devontae run a few reps. But this last game, Devontae just ate him up. He ate him up. And so I know Pat Sertan is one of the best up-and-coming DBs, and I believe Tariq Woolen and Kobe Bryant are both guys that are going to do a fantastic job in the league for years on top of years. I, and obviously, Tariq has already uh, been a turnover machine, creating a bunch of turnovers. I just want to see... You know, what they do, how they battle it out is something that my eyes are going to be fixated on the whole game. Uh, Devontae Adams against the secondary of the Seattle Seahawks. What what are you looking at? Well, from Seattle's defensive perspective, I could go on and on about Devontae Adams because I personally still think he is the best receiver in the NFL. And, you know, sorry to Tyreek Hill and some of the others. There's some other really good receivers out there. I still think Devontae Adams is the best pure receiver in the NFL. And I can't wait to see him and Tariq Woolen going at each other on the outside. And this is going to be a big match for Kobe Bryant. But I'm going to go with a matchup that isn't quite as sexy, but I think is going to have a big bearing on this game. The Raiders have obviously some weapons that are missing, so that's going to hurt things a little bit on offense. But I look at the interior, and the Raiders have really struggled with pressures with their guards in particular. Mm-hmm. And going back and watching the tape, that has been where teams have had the most success, turning up the heat on Derek Carr. The Seahawks have some very athletic interior rushers that they've kind of let get after guys a little bit these last four or five games. They went away from the two-gapping stuff to more aggressive one-gapping, and the results have been there in terms of stuffing the run and also rushing the passer. Puna Ford, Quentin Jefferson, uh, Shelby Harris, who's very familiar with the Raiders and played well against them in the past. He's going to be loving the chance to play against them again. That seems like a matchup right now with the guards that the Raiders are putting out in the field. Even their center has struggled a little bit in run blocking. But that interior offensive line, if the Seahawks can take advantage of them and get frequent pressure, quick pressure from the interior on Derek Carr, it's going to make it a lot tougher for him to get the football to Devontae Adams. And it's also going to impact the run game with Josh Jacobs. So I think that that is a huge matchup that most fans aren't going to be paying close attention to. But if Seattle can get frequent pressure from their defensive tackles and they're able to slow down the run game and play well within their run fits, that has been an inconsistent issue for them this year. If they're able to check off those boxes, though, I really like their chances of being able to get to Derek Carr, slow down the run game, and then that would make it much more difficult for the Raiders to pull an upset on Sunday. Yeah. 
No, yeah, that's a great point. And and then the offensive line in general, you know, has got a lot of work to do. Colton Miller, who's their stud left tackle, didn't even play last week. You know, he had a shoulder and an abdomen injury, so it's going to be interesting to see if he's able to go. Uh, they had Jermaine Illuminor out there, and Dylan Parham, who's a third-round pick out of Memphis, has been in the interior. He's been doing well. Andre James at the center, center position has been, you know, he's been good. He hasn't been great. Uh, and then, you know, you have you have other guys, right? You have other guys that are trying to kind of put it all together. And I, I kind of like the direction that they're going, but it's not there yet. So uh, that could be a matchup to definitely pay attention to. And uh, obviously, the Raiders are very familiar with all those guys on the on the defensive line for Seattle. I mean, two out of three of them played played with the, uh, the Raiders at one point. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a, a good matchup for sure. Uh, that offensive line for the Raiders has been something that we've been paying attention to all year because it's never been something that was just set in stone. Let's flip the gears here real quick. You just talked about the Raiders and offense. What scares you the most, or maybe what's something that you think you can take advantage of if you're the Raiders going against this Seahawks offense? Well, I'll tell you what scares me the most is the Raiders secondary. I think that Nate Hobbs is going to play on Sunday, which is great. He's coming off of IR. He's definitely their best defensive back, but I know that the Seahawks have that big playability. I know they have DK Metcalf and they have Tyler Lockett. And I was a big fan of Tyler Lockett's coming out of K-State. When Seattle got him, he was just really a, a punt return or kick return special teams guy. And he's turned into one of the most underrated wide receivers in the league. Got a lot of respect for Tyler Lockett. Obviously, we know what DK Metcalf can do. Big, strong, fast dude. Uh, that big playability, man, the Raiders are going to have to be on their A game in the secondary. And I'm talking about the corners. I'm talking about the safeties. I mean, everyone's going to have to be on their A game or Gino is going to have a good time, uh, especially if the defensive lines to the Raiders can't get home and put pressure on them. And look, they only have, what, 13 sacks on the season? Uh, not a whole lot. And Max Crosby leads the, the team in sacks with nine. And I think the team has 13 as, in, in, as a whole. So that's obviously not enough. So if Gino has any kind of opportunity to sit back there in the pocket, and those two guys are streaking down the field and looking for that big play, which they do quite a bit. It could be a very long day at the office for the Raiders in that defense. So that's what really is my biggest concern about this game is the Seattle Seahawks capitalizing on a bunch of big plays. You mentioned the Raiders only have 13 sacks, but Max Crosby is almost to double digits and just him by himself. And Chandler Jones, I know it's been a disappointing season, but yes, he always just seems to just find himself when he comes to Lumen Field. It's it has always been his favorite place to play. He has more sacks against Seahawks than anybody. He murdered them for years playing for the Cardinals. So that is clearly one A, one B, one C. That that is the matchup that, from a Seahawks perspective, you're like, can Abraham Lucas and Charles Cross, as impressive as they've been this year, can mm. they handle Max Crosby and Chandler Jones? Playing at home should be helpful with the 12s, but that is the matchup that still scares the daylights out of me, and it should scare the daylights out of fans because that is the thing that would really prevent them from being able to get the ball to DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett downfield. And they've got some other weapons out there, their tight ends in particular, I think can negate that some against this Raiders defense. But still, uh, you're going to have to give some help for those tackles, especially whoever's going against Max Crosby because he has been dynamic this year on a defense that otherwise – Really hasn't been, but he's been that one guy that's been playing at an elite level really from week one to yeah. where we're at now, and he's just a phenomenal player. We're going to get to our keys to victory and, of course, predictions coming up next year on our Thanksgiving crossover special. 
<laughs> this Thanksgiving crossover episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for your sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer to esports. They've got it all covered at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. It's the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. You're listening to our Thanksgiving edition of Crossover Thursday. We got the Seahawks and the Raiders getting ready to meet up old AFC West foes playing at Lumen Field. I'm your host, Corbin Smith for Locked On Seahawks, joined by your boy Q of Locked On Raiders. Thanks to all the 12s and Raiders Nation for making Locked On Seahawks and Locked On Raiders your first listen five days a week. All right, Q, let's get to some keys to victory here. What do the Raiders need to do? Obviously, they're coming in with a little bit of momentum after beating the Broncos in overtime, but... What do you think the Raiders need to do on offense and defense to come into Seattle and pull what would be now viewed as a mild upset given the Seahawks success in the first half of the season? Well, first of all, they have to stop shooting themselves in the foot. And what I mean by that is just unforced penalties. They've had so many penalties, especially early on in the game, where all of a sudden you look up and it's first and 20 or second and 30. or You know, it's just they get so far behind the chains, it's almost impossible to get away from. So that's the first thing that they have to do is make sure that they stop shooting themselves in the foot. Play clean football. And, you know, one of the craziest things is going back to preseason, I know you can't tell everything by a team in the preseason. They hardly had any penalties and they had, like, no turnovers, right? They were really clean in the preseason. Then all of a sudden they got to the regular season. It's like they got back to the old Raider way where it's committing penalty after penalty after penalty and having just like false starts and illegal formation. And you know, I mean, just stuff that's not even effort penalties, just stupid penalties. And so they've done a lot of that last week against the Broncos. They almost had a hundred yards in penalty yards. Like you can't do that. You know, that team is not good enough to overcome that consistently. Now, they were over able to overcome it with the Broncos. The Broncos don't have a very good offense. They were only averaging 14 points a game, and they got 16 points. So there's that. But they got to stop doing that. And then I think that Josh Jacobs is going to have to be a big factor in this game. I know Tom Brady and – oh, not Tom Brady. He didn't run the ball. But the Buccaneers had a really good day running the rock against Seattle when they were in Germany, and there could be multiple reasons for that. But – the Buccaneers are not a team that runs the ball very well. The Raiders do run the ball really well. So Josh Jacobs has to continue doing what he's done. He's been fantastic this season. 930 yards rushing, seven touchdowns on the season. Hasn't missed a game. I mean, the dude's like the third leading rusher in the league. He's just balling out of control. If they can establish that run and get him running downhill behind his pads, all of a sudden that opens everything else up. Then all of a sudden they start cheating up. The defense starts cheating up a little bit, and that's when he has an opportunity to hit Devontae Adams. And Devontae Adams has a chance to get loose, and maybe a Mac Collins has a chance to get loose. But, I mean, really it's going to be the Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams show because Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller are out. But I just think that Josh Jacobs has to get rolling. And to make him and allow him to get rolling, they have to stay in front of the chains. They can't get, you know, they can't get in second and long, first and long, all that good stuff. And they can't get behind by multiple scores. If they get behind by multiple scores, they stop running the ball. So really, I mean, stupid penalties, eliminate those. Get Josh Jacobs going and don't get behind early. If you get behind early too much, then Josh Jacobs is going to get eliminated. Then it's going to be pass, 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 pass. And that's usually not a recipe for success. So offensively, that's what they're going to have to do. What's Seattle going to have to do offensively uh, to come away with the victory on Sunday? I'm going to be very quick and to the point. Start fast. They can't do what they did against the Buccaneers two weeks ago in Germany where they got shut out in the first half, and I didn't like the game plan they came out with. Sometimes I feel like offensive coordinators in this league, I understand that you want to keep defenses on their toes, but 
Right. You don't see Andy Reid out there saying, you know what, I'm not going to throw the ball to Travis Kelsey here in the first half. Let's let's see if we can find another way to move the ball. No, right. you're going to find different ways to get him the football, but you're going to feature your playmakers. And so I didn't like the fact that Seattle with, I think that they have the best trio of tight ends in the NFL. They might not have an elite guy at that position, but in terms of top tier talent for their top three guys, Noah Fant, Kobe Parkinson, and Will Disley have been fantastic this year. And it gives you a lot of flexibility. They had one tight end target in the first half against Tampa Bay. Ironically, second half, hey, let's start throwing the ball to tight end. Suddenly, this offense came to life. They almost came back and won the game. So come out fast. Get your tight ends involved. The Raiders have not been able to defend tight ends to save their life this year. So get these three guys the football, and then that opens up Ken Walker the third. That opens up DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett downfield yeah. against the secondary, as you mentioned, that's got a lot of question marks. I think you can get the entire offense opened up, not by establishing the run, but establishing your tight ends. And then as for the defensive side of the football, it's very simple to me. Can you get pressure with your interior guys and can right. you fix your run fit issues because that was the problem against the Buccaneers it's not that they don't have the talent up there they were not executing their run fits if they can do that in this game and they're able to get the interior pressure as I mentioned earlier I think that that is the number one key in this game mm-hmm. because it allows you to limit Josh Jacobs and also Derek Carr gets rid of the ball so quick the best way to put pressure on him is in the interior and there have been some teams that have been able to do that this year Seattle has the talent there to do it, but they've been so inconsistent. They need to take advantage of the crowd getting into it, get after Derek Carr. I think if the defensive line in general wins in the trenches, the Seahawks can win this game convincingly. But we'll see if that happens. They've been very up and down there this year, despite the experience and talent that they have. Let's get to the predictions real quick, (laughs) because... Obviously, oh, <laughs> you know, you look at the records, and you would think the Seahawks are going to dominate this right, football game right. just based off of that. And they're playing at home. But I, I don't know about you, but I go into this game thinking that this one's going to be pretty tight. I do, too. Yeah, I think it's going to be a very tight game, you know, and I know it's tough to play in Seattle. And I believe the Raiders haven't won in Seattle since like 98. So it's been a long time coming. Also, uh, you know, the weather, as you very well know, the weather is going to be a factor. So I, I and the crowd's going to be a factor. There's so much to go against this. Um, I think that the Raiders have the talent to play with anybody. I'm just not convinced that they're going to go on the road for the second week in a row and win, right? Just they, 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 they have so many mistakes that they make. Now, they could fool me and and not make mistakes. I, I think they're going to run with Seattle the whole time. I think it's going to be close. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. Uh, honestly, in this game, man, it's going to come down to turnovers. If the Raiders can create a couple turnovers, I think they win the game. But if they can't create any turnovers, I think that I think the Seattle wins it. They might win by four, they might or three, they might win by seven. I don't know. But if the Raiders don't create any turnovers, then Seattle, I think, is going to win it. So I guess that'll be my caveat. I don't know what the score is going to be. I have no idea. Uh, you know, it's just it's just how it goes sometimes. But if, if the Raiders create a turnover or two, I'll say that they win. But if they don't then Seattle's going to get the dub. I know it's like a, a terrible way of making a prediction, but that's the best way. I, that's the best I got right now. I think it boils down. I just mentioned this for me, for Seattle. Can you find a way to start fast? If they can come out of the gate and get a couple touchdown drives, even if they get a touchdown and a field goal early on their first couple of drives, get off to a fast start. And I think that the Raiders are one of those teams that if you can squish them early, the Broncos couldn't do that last week. After they got up 10 nothing, they kind of took their foot off the pedal. But if you can keep the foot down on the Raiders, it's a team that's 3-7 and seven for a reason. They're going to wilt. And so I think the fast start is going to be critical 
for the Seahawks and not turning the ball over, as you mentioned. They've been fairly good about that this year, but if you can do that at home, I feel like the Seahawks should be the favorites in this game. This should be a winnable football game for them, but the Raiders do some things really well that they have struggled with this year. And so it's one of those things records can sometimes be deceiving based on matchups. For that reason, I think this is a one-score game. I think Seattle's probably going to win this game, but I think it's going to be close throughout because I do think the Raiders do a lot of things well that the Seahawks have struggled with. It is a matchup that doesn't necessarily play to what the record discrepancy is. So either way, AFC West, former rivals, I think it's going to be a really fun game on Sunday. The Raiders trying to keep their season alive. The Seahawks trying to stay in the hunt in the NFC West should be a fun one. You can follow me on Twitter at Corbin Smith NFL. Your boy Q, where can they follow you? I actually forgot your Twitter handle because it's not the thing. <laughs> it's all good. At your boy Q254, at your boy Q254. That's where I'm at. You can find everything, all the links to the shows, everything that we got going on. Uh, you can find that. And yeah, man, I think this is going to be a heck of a game on Sunday. I'm excited about it. But I'll tell you that one little nugget, man. The Raiders not winning in Seattle since 98, I think is a big deal. Something that should not be ignored. Yeah, they haven't played as much there. Let's let's no. be honest. They haven't been but, rivals for I mean, it's 20 still, plus it's years now, but still, <laughs> it's been a long time since the Raiders yeah. have won in Seattle. So they do have that roadblock that they've got to deal with, but it should be a fun one. To all the 12s and Raider Nation out there, thanks for listening and enjoy your Thanksgiving with your family and friends. Make it a good one and enjoy the game on Sunday. Thanks for listening. Go Hawks, go Raider Nation. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the game.